Hello, hello, and welcome back to Unverified, the podcast helping you redefine success on social media. I'm your host, Coralie Trigger, and if we haven't met yet, hey, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for being here. I'm an Emmy-winning creator and digital consultant, and I'm here to talk about all things social media and digital marketing with a little twist, and that is, I don't care how many followers you have, which I know sounds unusual, but hear me out. I don't care how big your audience is because for brands and businesses, social media platforms are tools that can be used in a hundred different ways for a hundred different reasons, like makeup, for example. That's why I make a conscious effort to turn away from digital vanity numbers in favor of focusing on real life goals that digital strategy can support. That's my style anyway. So let's talk about today's episode. Today's episode is the second in a three-part series with my sister, also known as Makeup by Shannon Marie. She is a film and TV makeup artist in Los Angeles with a strong YouTube and TikTok presence in the makeup education space. In this series, we chat about her experience getting started as a digital creator while balancing on-set work, the dark side of going viral, and leveling up her social media game. On today's episode, we're focusing on going viral, the good, the bad, and the ugly, y'all. More with Shannon Marie right after this. Today's episode of Unverified is being brought to you from the heart of East Nashville at the Russell, a historic church transformed into a -a one-of-a-kind boutique hotel. The Russell's mission is to give back to the Nashville community through their Rooms for Rooms program. They donate a portion of every stay to local organizations that provide a safe haven for those in need in the Nashville community. Visit russellnashville.com to book your experience today. In our last episode, we talked a lot about YouTube and the benefits of playing the long game and this idea of a digital marathon play, but everybody always wants to go viral. It looks so flashy. There is a dark side and you've lived through it. (laughs) (laughs) I made it through the other side of it. (laughs) Multiple times. So I want to, I want to talk about your first viral video. What happened? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Yeah. I think on the first day, first week, it didn't even really get that many hits. It was growing consistently like all of my videos, but it was growing at a faster rate consistently. It just kept growing and I was not prepared. (laughs) (laughs) This is not, I think I want to get into the content of the video, but before we do, I think it's important to really emphasize that this was not an overnight thing. How long had you been creating videos when this one started to pop off? A hot minute. (laughs) I think it was like, it was my like 70th. Okay. So you're creating one video a week. So you're over a year in, like well over a year in before one of your videos really starts to gain traction. Yes. And you start to notice. And then what, what happens as you see those numbers grow week after week? It's crazy. Cause I mean, it happened over time. So it wasn't just like an overnight, like I woke up and I was like, oh man, hundreds of thousands of people have watched this video. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I mean, by the time it was really growing, I was already making different kinds of content. So let's talk about that. What was the video, your first YouTube video that went viral? Well, (laughs) let's dig it up. I know, man. It was a video talking about a popular cleanser that my whole point in making the video was just saying that, I thought that there were better ingredients out there. Mm-hmm. And you would have thought that I told that company to burn in the deepest, darkest place of skincare <laughs> and to never, like, shouldn't have been created. I mean, the comments, 
and the controversy brought upon that video, insane, so insane. And what was what was your reaction? Because it happened over time. Yeah. So you were just getting like a negative comment here or there or like at what point did you realize this was going to be like a death trap of comments? I think I realized it when the ratio of likes versus dislikes was so varied. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, and no. I was like, ooh, <laughs> we touched a touchy subject. <laughs> we hit a nerve. Yeah. I didn't know, first of all, people were so passionate about face cleanser. I mean, that was a surprise <laughs> for me. And I think after that video, I didn't want to create skincare content anymore. Mm. Because I didn't want to be that controversial. It, that was never my intention. And even in that video, I'm, I say like, it's a cool cleanser. If people like it, use it for sure. I just think there are other ingredients that you could use. But that's not what people heard. Yeah. in the video. Mm -hmm. And so it was crazy getting that much hate for like random things. I mean, there's comments about my makeup, you know, mm -hmm. like that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. Yeah. And people are just attacking different things other than the video itself, like me and my mm -hmm. background and, oh, she's so annoying. Or like, she doesn't even know how to do her own makeup, you know? And mm. I'm like, it's so irrelevant because I disliked a cleanser that you liked. What? Yeah. Like, is that what started the troll goblin of comments? Like, <laughs> because I had a different opinion than you. Yeah. It's fascinating. How did you handle that? I think some of them sting for sure. I mean, I'm not gonna mm -hmm. lie. Like it's, it's not fun when you're trying, mm -hmm. you're working so hard grinding, putting out a video every single week and then for people to just shit on it. Well, it's also, it's something that you enjoy. It's something that you're passionate about. And your whole message was do what works best for you. Yes, which has always been my message in every single video that I create. Yeah. Yeah, so it was definitely, I think at some point, some of the comments are laughable. Like, mm -hmm. I kind of want to make a compilation of like the worst comments and post them. Some of them, like one lady was like, what you're doing is blackmail. You're blackmailing this company. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, can you please specify what I asked for? Yeah. <laughs> In return? <laughs> no, exactly. I'm like, you know, but at some point it's like, some of the comments are laughable. Some of them sting a little bit, but you kind of just, I'm just kind of have to let them roll off my back at this point because it, I uploaded that video years ago. And honestly, when I think about deleting the video, because I don't really make content regarding skincare anymore, I'm like, that video has given me the most income. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, shoot. Like, You're still making money off I'm it. I'm still making money off of it. And it's not like I, I don't, I stand by what I said. I, I don't really even think it was that controversial. I think it was just because it was a negative review. Mm -hmm. People had things to say about it. And I generally do keep my content pretty light and fluffy. I keep it pretty real. Like if, if a product doesn't work for me, I will tell you why. But at the same time, I don't like drag companies down and yeah. actually blackmail them. <laughs> yes, please. If anybody's listening, FBI, we are not blackmailing anybody. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> for anything, for any reason. Yeah. This conversation comes up a lot when there are a ton of negative comments. Did you delete any? I didn't actually. Did you respond to any? Some, yeah. In the very beginning, I was responding to almost all of them. Okay. And, and now at this point, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people can fight it out themselves. Yeah. How did you respond to people in the beginning? What were you saying? I think I actually called you a lot. And you know, and I think you mm -hmm. need that support for sure from someone. 
Because obviously, like, the the first thing is to lash back initially because that's in your yeah. brain. You're like, what? You're attacking me? I'm attacking you back. Right. But then at some point, it's like, I'm so sorry my makeup was distracting. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> good luck with, I hope you find a cleanser that works well for you. <laughs> right. You right. know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, whatever. At that time, I had been in it in the negative comments for, not for myself, for for big TV shows and stuff that I had been working with or was, you know, employed by at the time. But it is different when it's your sister and it's somebody who's starting out. Yeah. I think a lot of them were laughable. The one that I remember being concerned about was the death threat. Mm. That was like over cleanser. (laughs) Good grief. I know. But also people are crazy. Yeah. And you just don't know what's going to happen. Oh my gosh. I know. And I think what's what's hard too is like you're putting yourself out there. Like it is very vulnerable creating content. Yeah. And so to put yourself out there and just to have it kind of blown up in your face for like uncontrollable things. Yeah. It's it's a little bit of a slap. And that was one I think benefit of going somewhat viral on YouTube is that I had time to kind of like absorb and soak and it wasn't like I didn't just wake up one morning and have thousands of views. It yeah. was over time. I was like, eh, there's negative comment. There's two positive. And like, well, there's another negative one. <laughs> like, and you kind of just get used to it. Yeah. You become like way more numb. Like for sure, at least like a few times a month, I get some negative comments. <laughs> oh my God. I know still, this was like years ago that I uploaded this video, but I mean like, whatever, pay my rent. Thanks. <laughs> NBD. Yeah. It's easy to assume from the outside when you see somebody growing and you see somebody with huge viral videos, you assume that, oh my gosh, they're living off of YouTube or they're living off of YouTube ad revenue, which is false. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Likely not the case. Yes. Do you want to, are you willing to share your numbers? Yeah, totally. Okay. So let's go through like current subscriber count. Okay. Let me see. And, uh, and what's. Yeah, and what's coming in. <clears throat> so YouTube is my most consistent form of income. Did, did I sign any sort of confidentiality thing on this? On the podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I no, on creating, it. on like getting numbers. I don't think so, right? Exactly. Whatever, we'll find out. <laughs> I get about 150 a month from YouTube, and I've received that probably for the past year. And then before that, it was less and less and less and less. <laughs> When did you start making money off of YouTube? How many years in? Oof. I mean, I started making a little bit. And what do you mean by a little bit? Like a few dollars? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like the first like two years. A few dollars a month. Yeah. And then after that, it was maybe like 30. And then it just slowly. And then it's just been consistent about 150 for the past year. Okay. And I think it's also important to note that that is just YouTube ad revenue. There are, you know, partnerships, there are job opportunities, there are yes. all kinds of other things. Yeah. The way to make money on YouTube is not through ad revenue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all about the partnerships. YouTube's not the focus now, but how was it that you defined success on YouTube when you were really in it? Maybe let's say like year three. I think even today, looking back and seeing the consistency, mm-hmm. like even though I'm not consistent now, I have over a hundred videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. teaching things that I'm really passionate about and one questionable video that has a <laughs> lot of controversy. About face cleanser. Yeah. yeah, but for the most part, being successful to me was being consistent. Being able to hold on to that. Was that what got you through the negative comments? 
Um, you know, honestly, I think it was just over time. I, I don't think, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure someone could comment and it would sting for sure. Still, obviously I'm not a robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I think at this point I'm so, I'm like, if people want to fight in the comment section about face cleanser, I, it, it is not personal Yeah. to me. So, um, you'll get paid either way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not that much, but (laughs) (laughs) a little bit, but some, (laughs) a little bit. So you, your next viral experience was TikTok. Yeah. Very different. So different. Tell me about that. That was crazy. I think in the beginning, TikTok was so fun for me. And honestly, I I have a lot of fun with YouTube as well, because YouTube audience and TikTok audience felt like people that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And there's some anonymity there. Yes, which I love. Mm -hmm. TikTok was easier just in general for me to grow my numbers based on the nature of the app, but also because of the experience that I had on camera and editing. Yeah. So it made it a lot easier to create TikTok videos. When I went viral for the first time, I was not expecting the pressure that came with it. Let's back up just one second. Yep. Just for context. So it took you five years on YouTube to get to 10,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. It took you less than five months on TikTok to get to 100,000 followers. I do think you're correct. I am. (laughs) We've run these numbers before. (laughs) Yeah. Which is kind of wild. I do think it's really important to acknowledge that experience on on YouTube. Yes, that's true. In that. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyway, so sorry. So we're going back to the pressure. What kind of pressure? What do you mean? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Because before YouTube, I felt so much pressure in like creating a great video from start to finish and just the amount of time that it takes to create a fully flushed out YouTube video. Mm -hmm. TikTok, faster to create, faster to come up with, faster results. So I was just posting for fun. Like I did not care. I was just having a blast, like posting all different kinds of makeup videos. Yeah. And then once that color theory video went viral, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to keep performing at these numbers Mm. and I have to like maintain this level of perfection, Mm -hmm. you know? And I never uploaded a TikTok being like, this is the viral one. Like, you know, like (laughs) this is the one that's going to make me a TikTok famous. Like Mm -hmm. I was just uploading for fun. Like I just was just like, eh, let's do this. (laughs) Let's try that. Yeah. Um, And that was your advice to me. was like on TikTok, try different things and see what sticks and see what happens. So that video, I had no idea that that was going to be the one mm-hmm. to make it. What do you think it was? Could you reverse engineer it and talk about why it... Well, first, describe the video. Tell us what it's about. Yeah, The video is about um, color theory and the importance of understanding it in order to correct whatever you're trying to correct when you're doing your makeup. But you had a prop that yep. nobody else had. Yeah, the flesh on color wheel, little plug, love that thing. Carrie Tomlinson. Oh, yeah. She's best. (laughs) She's just such an incredible educator. Oh, my gosh. And I've learned so much from her. I've taken classes. And I rewrote the script for that TikTok like four times. And I actually filmed it twice. And like it still wasn't making perfect sense. I remember filming it. And then sometimes I'll have like you or mom, you know, like Mm -hmm. watch the videos and be like, does this make sense? (laughs) Yeah. And and I remember the first draft of it, y'all were like, nah. And I was like, dang. So like I went back to the drawing board, I like rewrote it, and then I filmed it again. And then that's when it hit. 
Um, and I think I just like the way that it was broken down, the way that it visually I could show it on the color wheel to make it make sense. I don't know. It just hit with certain people. And, and for people trying to picture this, it's just like a standard color wheel. But then on the outside of it, there are flesh tones. So the flesh tone color wheel. So you can identify like everything. How do you, how do you describe it? Like, like your undertones kind of? Oh, yeah. But it's so much more than that. I mean, from the color wheel itself, you can figure out what shades to contour with, what eyeshadow shades look best on you, cheek colors, lip colors, skin tones, undertones. I mean, highlighting. It's genius. And because of that TikTok video, Terry Tomlinson actually got on TikTok and is creating bomb ass content that is so, <laughs> I mean, she's just like such an amazing educator. It's just, you should definitely. She's rocking it. And she sold out of color wheels, right? I know. It's funny because once it was starting to pick up some traction, I was like, well, every time I like refresh the page, it was just like more and more and more. And that's what's so crazy about TikTok is that addictive quality of just like watching your numbers grow in real time where YouTube is like big slot machine energy. Yes, absolutely. And so I emailed her that night and I was like, hey, I I uploaded this video and I used your wheel. (laughs) And she was like, oh, my gosh, Shannon, I thought my website was like glitching. I've had so many orders come in. Like, thank you so much. And it was so fun. And we ended up connecting over that. And then ultimately uh, having her create her own TikTok, which is so cool. I love that. That's like the that's like the fun part about so fun. Yeah. Especially like getting to help other people and support other creators. And you ticked all the boxes with that one. You had fun making it. You had some problem solving things. People were excited about it. They gravitated towards it. And you were able to support a mentor of yours. Absolutely. One thing that happens when you go viral, though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tell me. The dark side. Yeah. <laughs> Let us not stay too long yeah. in the happy side of this. <laughs> Heaven forbid. <laughs> this episode is called The Dark Side. <laughs> Going viral. Uh-huh. Is when you go viral for a certain topic, your audience grows because of that content. So, for example, on my YouTube video, you can see in your analytics on YouTube how many subscribers you get per video. Yeah. And so I can tell how many people watched that skin cleanser video and then hit subscribe. And it is a very large quantity of my overall subscriber count, which is concerning because I'm no longer making skincare videos. And so I'm building this audience for that's interested in skincare, but not necessarily the content that you're going to continue to produce. Yes. So then on TikTok, going into color theory, which I love color theory and it's so important as a makeup artist, but I mean, Terry Tomlinson created the wheel. She can like spit out color theory like she's reading the alphabet. And yeah. I like had to redraft that TikTok like <laughs> four times because like I know it in an artistry sense, but to be able to educate and teach on it is a totally different thing. And that wasn't yeah. necessarily going to be my focus on my TikTok channel was not about color theory. Basically what's happening is you're uploading a video on a topic, Mm -hmm. right? And then when you're getting all of these subscribers, followers, whatever, because you talked about that one topic, when you start to bring in other things, they're like, oh, this girl, I'm not interested in what she has to say about this, that, or the other. Mm -hmm. And so then you, it's really hard to grow an audience that cares about you and all parts of you. So it has been amazing that Terry did start a TikTok because now when people ask, I'm like, please go to Terry. Like (laughs) she knows everything. (laughs) I'm like, I'm learning. (laughs) 
Unverified is supported by Doodle Different, a little book of places to start. With unique drawing prompts and hashtags on each page, Doodle Different is the place where offline creativity meets online community. It's a celebration of imagination. Get your copy or digital download on doodledifferent.com and use the code UNVERIFIED for 15% off. That's UNVERIFIED, like the name of this podcast, for 15% off at doodledifferent.com. Happy doodling! So let's talk about the the next time that you went viral on TikTok. Yeah. This Pretty. was also a potentially dangerous situation. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, that ended up on the New York Post <laughs> and Fox and so many other subsidiaries. <laughs> my bad. Uh, walk me through. Walk me through that experience. One thing I love posting about besides makeup tips mm-hmm. for everyday people is makeup artistry. I'm like just such a nerd with makeup artistry. It's like you live in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's what you do professionally. Absolutely. So I love talking to other makeup artists and like creating content for them, teaching them things that I've learned, Mm -hmm. you know. So I wanted to do a like behind the scenes you know, day in the life of makeup artists during a pandemic. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> the first part of that sentence is, yeah, no big deal during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And it's so funny because, I I mean, I'm working on a Lifetime movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's low budget. And anyone who works in film could watch that video and be like, that's a low budget production based on the crafty and food choices alone. <laughs> yeah. Crafty tells all. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the comments were like, is she working on Grey's Anatomy? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> First of all, I would not be recording a video if I was working on Grey's yes. Anatomy right now. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I was not prepared for, I was prepared to, cause people are curious about behind the scenes. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, the reach that it received and the comments that were guessing things were fun until someone guessed my exact location. Yeah. And I had watched the video so many times. There was not a single like sign or anything. Even I tried to keep the background to a minimum. Mm hmm. And then I was just looking through comments and someone was like, oh, you're at this high school. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I deleted the comment instantly. But the thing was, is I had posted that video. We were filming there. We were filming there for like five days Mm -hmm. and I had posted it on day three. Mistake number one. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I like I didn't think about the audience. You thought about it enough to try to minimize exposure. Yes. But also I was posting like Instagram stories showing like the football fields with the name in it, mm-hmm. you know? And so it never occurred to me that, and I like, I didn't show any of the actors. I didn't show any other people. I just showed like me mm-hmm. and with a little sliver of backgrounds here and there. Yeah. And the fact that someone, I mean, the person who guessed that probably went to the school or had filmed there before or like. Yeah, like we would recognize it if somebody posted a video from like a, a place around where we grew up. Yes. We would probably recognize it or yeah. like say, oh, that looks a lot like. Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But then to comment it, I was like completely gutted. 
Because you're exposing the production, potentially. Absolutely. That was my bad. I honestly, I just didn't even think that anyone would guess it. I thought that it could have been anywhere. Yeah. Um, that was definitely a learning. Did you end up fasting up? Did you tell production? <laughs> <laughs> you thought about it, though. I remember having that I conversation. I did. I did. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, especially because, oh, God. So walk me through the timeline. So you're on day day three of mm-hmm. five shooting mm-hmm. at this location. At what point did you realize it was gonna blow up? I think it it had been getting views, but it was it was like maybe like a week and a half after my crazy viral video. So I wasn't sure when it was gonna hit right. like a million views or whatever, if it even was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely like growing quickly. I didn't know. I didn't really know the scope of it. Mm-hmm. And then I think when the New York Post sent me an email, a reporter, and was like, hey, I saw your story. Like, we want to post about it. Like, can you confirm all of these things? Oh, was your, like, oh, shit moment? Yeah, I was like, mm. <laughs> And then it was wild because, it, and I remember reaching out to you, and I, and I was like, I feel like I should wait to give him more information until we're done shooting there. Like, I don't want this video to go out to any more people. And I considered taking it down. And honestly, in retrospect, I didn't really know about the private feature yet. Oh, yeah. I in, I should have put it on private. But also, you're, like, chasing those views. You know what I mean? It's it's like... Right. In in retrospect, I probably now, knowing what I know, I would have put it on private for a couple of days. Well, you would have waited until you left the location. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely know that now. I just thought I was, I just thought I was safe, honestly. So the, the post emails you. Yeah. I, does the article go up before you even reply to the email? Yeah. <laughs> and I waited to respond to the email for like a couple of days until we did finish. And all of the points that I like made you know, all answering all of the questions that he asked. He didn't use any of it. He literally, I said in the email, I was like, hey, would you mind waiting a couple of days to post this? And he literally responded with a link to the post. Ugh. You just forget that like, I mean, media is on a crazy schedule. Yeah. And I guess, you know, from from the writer's perspective, like, hey, it's on the internet. If I don't write about it, somebody else will. Right. Or... I'm late on my deadlines or this is the scoop or this is whatever. And they're going to go for it. But like, yikes. I know. And it was crazy. The exaggeration that was in the post because I didn't give them any information that made it into the article. Right. So anything that they wrote about was what they gathered from 60 seconds of a day in the life of video, Mm -hmm. which is like, you're just reaching at this point. You know, I'm like, we took a questionnaire to, go to work, you know, like a COVID questionnaire. And then the article was like, an extensive questionnaire with questions like, you know, it was just pulling and reaching from 60 seconds of content. Mm-hmm. And so to not have control over how you were being portrayed was rough, especially because it was only my content like that they were pulling from. Yeah. So I think it's funny now and it was definitely like a good lesson learned. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's just so easy to forget that what you put on the internet, people can take it and twist it and turn it Mm -hmm. and do whatever they want with it. Well, and other subsidiaries and other news and other outlets picked it up, too, from the Post article and did their own spin on the Post's spin. Right. So eventually it just kind of turned into a dramatic day in the life of a film TV makeup (laughs) artist working on a Lifetime movie that nobody knew about. (laughs) Yeah. 
some of it was, it was fun connecting with a lot of makeup artists and, and film people across the platform. They were like, Oh man, you know, like sending you love and you know, all that stuff was super cool, but it was not fun going viral in that aspect where I feel like I lost my voice. I think one cool thing to remember in all of this and one of the great things about investing in building a social platform and a digital community is, yes, of course, anyone can say anything about you. However, at least you are able to continue posting things and it can be direct from the horse's mouth. (laughs) Surely there's another saying there. (laughs) been in Nashville for too long. Um, But you can say things in your own voice on your own platform that you've spent the last five years building. And it was a wake up call to be like, you never, you don't, don't know who's going to see your video. Yep. So making sure that you've gotten permission for, you know, you, you're posting in a way that you would be okay if it did go viral in. Or if the person that you're talking about sees it, even if it's a celebrity. Yes. Like all of my producer friends, like whatever show we're working on, like we're actively searching for what people are posting about, Mm -hmm. uh, about our talent that we're supporting. So there have been so many times that I'll see videos that are talking about like a talk show host or a comedian, and I will text it to that person's producer or that person's assistant. And people do that for me all the time. If they know I'm working with different musicians or I'm working for, you know, not anymore, but when I was working exclusively for like TV shows full time, people would send me stuff that they would see about my bosses regularly and they would end up in topical meetings or hot sheets. They wouldn't necessarily know. They wouldn't always be contacted, but if they were good, you know, or they hit a box of something that they were trying to book, you know, it might end up somewhere. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just have no idea. So you just have to watch it again and just as like a, could this go viral check? Like, would I be okay if, every person that I didn't know and knew saw this. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That's a, that's a question that I ask regularly um, when I'm working on content with clients, if they're mentioning, especially like if they're talking about anything sensitive, if they're talking about anything that could potentially be anything from like a legal issue to even just like an argument, like with a childhood friend or something. And it's okay, cool. No problem. So if they see this, if their family sees this, is this going to be new information for anybody, anybody that you're talking about in this video, is it going to be new information for them if they see this? And are you going to be okay if they real, if they learn all of this from this video from a third party for the first time? Right. And sometimes it is. And sometimes it's, mm, I'm going to cut that line out. Okay. But riddle me this, Corley. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> What's their response to riddle me this? People love controversy. Yep. It's the reason I went viral on YouTube. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, why but like controversy. Why controversy? And how do you how do you replicate controversy without controversy when trying to create content that you want to go? I was listening to this great episode um, of Armchair Expert with Tristan Harris, who was in The Social Dilemma and really involved in in digital ethics. And he was talking about this, that, that you know, our, our platforms are bred around controversy and people are incentivized to post controversial content because that's what people are going to go after. And the, the platforms themselves determine the popularity of posts based on solely interactions, not necessarily positive or negative. 
you could, you know, a Facebook post that has a hundred down votes or a hundred up votes, they're going to be promoted, you know, with the same level. Although mm. I would argue that the ones with down votes are going to have more comments. Um, but anyway, but he was talking about this platform in Japan. I believe it was Japan. I believe it's government run and their platform was driven on agreeableness. So the more, so if you and I were both on this platform and we had pretty different interests and different views on things, but we both interacted with something, that's what got promoted in the feed. So it became this really interesting, agreeable space, which I'm sure you could argue pros and cons for that as well. But thinking about it in terms of, oh, there are other ways to do this, you know, just what we're in right now is primarily driven by controversy. And it's not even just controversy. It's just, it's just engagement. And when people argue, they tend to go back and forth. And if people agree, they tend to have less engagement on things. That is wild. That episode is definitely worth a listen. Obviously, of course, I recommend The Social Dilemma. Um, It's on Netflix. Uh, It is a doozy. I think it's a necessary watch for anyone who is on social or who have people that they love on any social platform. Did you hear about the controversy with that documentary, though? No. What was it? Really? What happened? So this is actually kind of fitting. So the one of the girls. Oh, yes. The clip. The clip. The clip. Tell the people about the clip. (laughs) (laughs) There was um, it's been a while, but from what I remember, there was uh, some B-roll or part of a montage of people talking about controversial things, something social media related. And the way that Netflix used her clip, they pulled part of her video that made it sound like she was saying something that she was not, number one. Number two, they did not ask for permission or license her content in any way. And she got a ton of hate for it. Obviously, if somebody saw it just in the documentary, they'd be like, come on, lady. Yeah. And she is now desperately trying, or the last time I checked, was trying to like, she's putting up her whole clip. And she's like, this is literally the point that I was making. Like, I'm on the side mm. of this documentary. This was the point that I was making in the video. I was like imitating, you know, whatever. Yes. Like, but it was not the point. I don't actually know how that was settled. Yeah. I know we should find out. We should. Episode three. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. I'll, I'll put links in the show notes. <laughs> okay, deal. <laughs> It's so crazy, though, because when people are that angered to the point that they're writing such insane comments, they do not care about the truth at all. Mm -mm. Like, I feel even even us talking about my, quote, controversial cleanser video. Mm -hmm. If you like actually watch that video, I'm not saying don't like I'm not insanely controversial in my thoughts Mm -hmm. necessarily. I'm not trying to start a battle at all. But people hear that and they just run with it and then almost like going to the comments it creates like this whole battleground of people with controversial opinions and like fuels the fire to like want to comment more and more and more and like talking about her viral ability like her viral it's I mean success her viral it's not success it's like viral happenings <laughs> I don't know yeah, sure. is, experience yeah her viral experience is like nothing like my viral experience you know I had my own stuff but it wasn't to that level you didn't need a private security detail yeah definitely not which is a thing that ha- happens so insane 
so scary. Have you uh, have you seen all the grammar controversy controversies on no. TikTok? No, tell me. <laughs> so um, people are intentionally spelling things wrong so that people will argue about <laughs> grammar and spelling in the comments um, to up their views and what? engagement. <laughs> yeah. Dude, shut the front door. Do I need to start doing <laughs> No, but there was this thing, there was this thing the other day that was like uh, something stupid and clickbaity and short. And this person was like, if you make under a certain amount of money a year and you want to get out of corporate life, and I'm totally paraphrasing, whatever yeah. it was, it was a really simple, if you make under this amount and you want this, I've got, you know, a recommendation, but recommendation was spelled <sighs> wrong. But the creator has since come out saying like, that's part of the reason why I went viral was because people, anytime people are commenting, it doesn't matter positive or negative, TikTok saying, ooh, this app, excuse me, this video is keeping people on our platform. We want to keep more people on our platform. We're going to put this in front of other people who we think are going to enjoy it. Oh. And it just fuels the fire of video, uh, views and engagement skyrocketing. Oh my gosh. That is so <laughs> insane. And it makes me want to spell things incorrectly. But it's true because people, <laughs> oftentimes on my videos, I'm like, I try to give people a reason to comment. It can't be too forced. Yeah, right. And it's not necessarily, sometimes it happens with like the auto uh, speech to text feature that mm. things get spelled wrong. Yeah. And it's like a little bit questionable. <laughs> um, but other times it's just people creating their own graphics and things are spelled wrong. Okay, but how do you how do you balance, right, knowing that any of your videos could go viral for any rhyme or reason mm -hmm. with that need to, it's like the perfection versus, like perfect versus posted, right? Yeah. That's a tough balance. I think that's why I stress having real life goals so much because it, it can't be about the views or the likes or the comments or that's why I just like to look at social media like a support tool for for other things because otherwise you're going to drive yourself crazy because there's no right way to do it. There's a lot of science behind um, quantity over quality mm. and a lot of research behind, you know, showing up every day. Um, there was a um, there was a study that was referenced in The Artist's Way, um, a book that I was reading uh, last year, and it talked about art students who were given a semester to create one project versus art students who were expected to do a project every day or something to that effect. And the students who had a project every day, their technical abilities increased dramatically Whoa. compared to the people who had six months to perfect one thing. Whoa. So there is, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, YouTuber, I think you, I mean, I'm pretty sure we've had this conversation too. That's like, your first 50 or 100 videos are going to be shit. Yeah. Like, but you got to get them out. Right. Oh, completely. So there is, I would say, and this is something that I'm reminding myself of as I'm starting to create content for this brand new, like all new, zero, right? Starting at zero across the board of this podcast because yeah. I didn't want to do it from my personal accounts. Mm -hmm. That felt like too much of a commitment. Um, <laughs> so, which is, you know, what worked for me. Um, but I even I've been producing content for other people for professionally for more than 10 years. I've been making stuff my whole life and there's still a learning curve with each of these new platforms and trends. And I that's what I have to keep telling myself is like you're learning every video. Just keep going like you're learning. You're getting better. 
Definitely. And at a certain point, you have to accept that you can be both excited and proud of yourself for finishing a video and posting it and excited for when you get to look back on it in six months and being like, I'm so glad I started then. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Of course. Those are not mutually exclusive things. And oftentimes I feel like we think they are like, oh, I'm just going to be so embarrassed or whatever to look back on it. And it's like, well, yes, I hope you are. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Who wants to stay? Who wants to pull a toe in the very beginning? Yeah. No toe. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to correct you. I had to. (laughs) (laughs) So now that you've gone through these different kind of viral scenarios, whether it be over time on YouTube or overnight on TikTok and the press getting involved, (laughs) how do you move forward um, in, you know, enjoying your day to day, but also mentally prepping yourself for the next time you go viral? I think one thing that I've always been missing, which we'll touch more on in the next episode. (laughs) Producer Shannon. Yeah. (laughs) Is I'm missing an end game. Right now, I've just been creating content to create content. I've been doing it for years. And I just Mm. have so much fun doing it, truly, at the end of the day. I think if I didn't have fun, there's no way in the world I would still be doing it. Right. So I think for me, chasing the viral fame of things like, I'm not going to lie. It's fun getting those numbers for sure. Yeah. But the pressure associated with it is not the life for me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't want every video to keep outperforming the next video and the next video and the next video. I'm happy Mm -hmm. with one, one, when it pops off, I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. I'm like stoked about that, but I don't need every video to keep getting better and better and better. Like it's happening. It's getting better because I'm getting better at creating it. But like comparing every video to my viral video is not the goal of social media for me. No, that also doesn't sound healthy. No, not at all. And I think in the beginning after that first one did go viral, I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to now like outperform and and do incredible things for every single content. And that's, first of all, impossible. Um, And it's just not the way. So I think for me, it's just creating content that I'm excited about. Yeah. But I am missing that end goal of other than creating fun videos, like what else? Like what other streams of income? Because it's not about going viral at all. Because you know what? At the end of the day, someone's always going to go more viral than you are. And the cat on Inst- on YouTube that meows and sounds like they're saying howdy is going to get more views than your content. I promise you. Yep. yep. So it's impossible to have that as a goal and to compare yourself against yourself too. Yeah. In whatever sickness. I mean, I'm all for goals. I think they're awesome. But going viral can't be the reason why because you will not succeed and it will not be enough of a motivator to keep you going because like I said, what, 72 videos down on YouTube to get one semi-viral hit that caused a lot of, like... <laughs> Emotional stress. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck is that about? <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're ready to host this podcast. I mean, that's the thesis <laughs> right there. We got there. Everything I know <laughs> is what I've learned from you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's set some goals. Amazing. The third and final part of this conversation with Shanna Marie will be available next Monday. And in the meantime, to keep up with her, you can follow at Makeup by Shanna Marie on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. I'll include links to all of these in the show notes and on unverifiedpod.com. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show and hear more, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on social at unverifiedpod. 
Anytime you interact with one of our posts, you're telling the social platform that you like what we're doing and it'll send you more of it. At the same time, it will also widen the reach of the post in general so more people will have a chance to see it. And we really appreciate that. We're booking new guests and I'd love to hear from you. Have a social media question or a digital specialty? Visit unverifiedpod.com and click be on the show. Unverified is produced by Trigger Creative and edited by Matt Fields with special thanks to Zach Knutson, Quinn Rogers, and Abby White. Thanks for listening.